0: Today I'm excited to have the boys on board. When I say the boys, I'm talking about Dr. Mac, Chris McClellan and Dan Conn. We're talking about trainers. What do you need to know? Have a listen. Let's go.
1: Welcome to the Body Science Podcast, bringing you everything you need, want and should know about health, fitness, nutrition and training. As always, the information contained in this podcast is for the information purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or be prescriptive to treat,
0: prevent or manage any injury, disease or other health-related condition.
2: (laughs)
1: This podcast is brought to you by Hydroxy Burn Shred. Get in the fat-burning zone, both physically and mentally, with this potent combination of thermogenic fat burners and mood-boosting nootropic ingredients. Scientifically designed to help you reach your weight loss goals, destroy stubborn fat cells, speed metabolism, boost energy, and improve your mood. With an industry-leading 4 grams of acetyl-L-carnitine plus green tea extract, guarana, and hydroxy citric acid, Hydroxy Burn Shred will take your training and weight loss journey to a whole new level
0: welcome to body science hq we've got the man himself dc in the house but before we talk about dc let's talk about the king of the fitness industry thank you <laughs> Doc, oh, Dr. Been, Chris talking McCann, about me, Thank Professor. You. Professor of sports science, is that right? What are you actually a professor in? I'm, like, I'm a
1: professor in exercise and sports science. Exercise and sports science, strength conditioning. Yep.
0: So look, we've got um, we've got the boys in here, town. There's a little bit of a chat going on, like you just heard, because these two have actually had some elite sport association. Let's get, let's rip in. How do you two know each other?
2: It goes goes a long way back. <clears throat> I remember first coming the Gold Coast Titans. I was a young 19 year old, and I saw this. Very powerful-looking young human, bald head, and then and I, I walked in, and, then, <laughs> and I thought, "Wow, this is what it, you know." That's the that's the sort of frame you need to have to play in the NRL. And on, that's when I actually realised he's only a trainer; he wasn't actually a player. Yeah. But um, no, me and Mac have got along very, very well over the years, and we are best mates. But we've also helped each other in many, many ways. <coughs> he's helped me a lot in uh, terms of learning and uh, probably understanding the health and fitness, sports science, and all the, all the, Little things that a lot of people don't know much about I always prefer to Macca because he is like a living dictionary, as we as we all know. Wikipedia. plenty of, plenty of history.
1: Yeah, yeah, we go way back. And I can remember in the early days of the Titans, we were trained out of a shed at Runaway Bay, and it was a bit of a sauna, and uh, and there wasn't a whole lot of room to move. But uh, yeah, mate, and you know what, you, you find when you when you work in that environment, when you deal with guys on a day, we spend a lot of time together, don't we? In that team environment, yeah. you see them every day. It's like 46 weeks of the year, year round. You know, you're on planes with them, hotels and, and you know, it's a really it's a great it's a great thing to be part of that team environment. And yeah. you find that there's lots of personalities that you meet throughout your career as a player and as a coach. And there's sometimes you just you just click, don't you, with, with different blokes and yeah. and you end up you know, I maintain really good relationships with a lot of the players that have come mm-hmm. through, you know, different teams that I've been involved with and you know, you find that some guys have got similar interests, like you know, DC's obviously got massive interests within the health and fitness industry and has kicked on unbelievably well with all of that we bounce we talk all the time mate, don't we yeah. like every week at least once and Easy now, you know yeah. we you know bounce ideas off each other yeah. around different things and you know whether it's something that i you know maybe it's a little bit technical that i might have a little bit of understanding about or you know how we can apply that you know with different things that dc's doing so you know it's uh it's really good to be able to to, to continue to maintain those relationships forever really isn't it you yeah know, it's 100%. really cool and so that's where and you, and you see this so like I, I see guys come into that environment probably less so well some guys love to train you know some guys love their training and then you've got other how guys how
0: have DC a trainer let's be honest it's no Australian. train
1: hard mate Do, you train your ass off yeah, yeah. You, yeah he loved it you know I remember, he asked a lot of why's though, he I mean. likes a lot of bench we did a lot of bench but that's nothing wrong with yeah, that man, brother mate, I learned that from you 100% but I always
2: remember I, I used to love asking Maca why we're doing things and I think that's when um i started to realize as a 19 year old up here i'm up on the gold coast that you know i wanted to know why we're doing this why we're doing this and then when we're doing certain drills for three minute periods that's when usually you get a break in play and while we're doing this this so i used to love quizzing Macca on it you know and also that's the training while we're doing this movement with this movement with this and I think that's when I started to really enjoy the stuff that Maka was doing and that portrayed onto the next clubs I went to because I asked them a lot more questions and actually, and not pumping your tires, I've actually got better answers off Maka because it made a lot more sense. You know, they'd say, oh, we're doing this because, you know, we've done this for the last five years, yeah, exactly. 10 years, instead of we're doing this so oh, we can... Pull that spreadsheet
0: out again from last
2: year's so help. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We're going to we do the same pre-season as last year. Here's the booklet. There you go. There's your structure. Yeah. With the doc. so with Chris, yeah, I'll, I'll learn a lot more about myself and how I... I can be a better yeah. athlete as well and also that's portrayed on to how i can help other people be better athletes as well so that's yeah. it's been a really good fit yeah
1: and that, that's a big part of it i mean as a as an essence strength and conditioning coach you want you want players to be engaged you want them to ask questions some don't care mate some just want to rock up do what they're asked to do go home yeah you know, training is the least on their mind yeah. they want to play footy and that's fine then you've got other guys as i was saying who who like the process who enjoy the process of understanding well how does this help me get better and at the evolution of strength conditioning yeah it's come a really long way actually in the last decade in particular for many many years there was a whole lot of stuff done because it had always been done You know, a lot of slugfest, you know, don't give them a drink break for two hours, you know, all this garbage, you know, that had been done for quite a long time. And we were talking about intervals. and, And if you look at a game like rugby league, it is, you know, it's a high intensity game. It's got really, it's got an endurance base. You need to have, you need to be conditioned. You need to have the level of fitness, but you've got to be able to do repeated high intensity efforts and you've got to belt people and you've got to be able to take a hit. You right know, into. and so, yeah, that's a big thing. You know, we, remember that time we did that fight club, A couple of things we did? Oh, So, geez, yeah, you know, I used to, I used to <laughs> like putting... One of the things for me <laughs> I like, and, and, you know, DC... He excelled at it and, and a few boys love it and a few boys didn't love it. But we get a lot of, I find a lot of boys come into the environment and I don't know, they think they want to be UFC fighters yeah. or something like that or cage fighters or, or whatever I'm, you know. <laughs> but I find one of the things of having worked in a few different sports, I like hands down, and uh, I, I can say this from an educated perspective rugby league is the toughest game on the planet by a really, really long way. And I mean that physically. And if for anyone who ever gets the chance to go into a dressing room after a game, if you go into a an AFL change room after a game, and this is not to belittle no. AFL, it's no. a great game, tough game, all that sort of thing, but it's a different game. Yeah. It's yeah. heavily based on high-speed running meters and things like that. You go into a rugby league dressing room and it's triage. You know, boys are beaten up. But literally you know and so one of the things I like to do when we did a lot of it is you know you put guys under pressure and that's physically so you know you' you play hard you train hard we all shake hands at the end of the day but you can find out a lot about people when you put them under the pump leaders come to the you know leaders come up to the, start to leading. the yeah they yeah. start to lead I always say my little thing on leadership is it's got nothing to do with leadership skills and everything to be to do with being followed and so it's about setting training examples setting examples on the field and you know you think about guys you've played with, you know, there'll be blokes that, you know, you'd run into a wall for them. Yeah. Know? And so, that, so that's part of the whole process. And I had it, a
0: couple of shit halfbacks when I played too. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, there's a few fighting around that play in a dinner
1: suit things. and you kind of you have to encourage them maybe get in the way every now and then, you know. <laughs> it's a great environment. And I, I remember Danny's 19-year-old had come out of the Bulldogs system. Yeah. You know, physically, and again, not pumping his ties up, but physically, you, you're you a unit at 19. You're, you know, well-developed
2: physically. I think that was that was the Bulldogs era where there was Marco Mealy, Steve Price, yeah. Sonny Bill Williams. I, yeah. It came out of there. With... Coming into
1: that system, you were eligible probably to play 20s back then, mate. I can't even remember whether yeah. you had 20s. You spent no time in that. I mean, you... you you know, stayed in the top squad and played in the in the NRL and that sort of thing. So, and you can tell, mate, you can just tell when you know certain guys again have a have a common interest interest in their training. And we come back, you know, coming back around to the fact that you know, ask questions about what we're doing on a day to day basis. And I, I'm wrapped if I've got guys asking me why are we doing this, and I can say, well, this is why we're doing it. Happy days, yeah. you know. And that's a, that's just a, a process that we we really look for. So
0: you mentioned a lot of change in training over the last ten years, like S&C mm. What type of things have changed?
1: Well, the games evolved. Yeah, things like things change, like the interchange rules change, different rule changes. You know, the game evolves with strategies. Like the wrestle had come in, and and, you know that's evolved the game around rule changes, and again the interchange and things like that. So what you need to physically be able to do changes with that. For example, back in the day, you remember Super League days when there was unlimited interchange. It was it was basically run on run off. Right, you could run around at 125 kilos, big boppers, slog blokes, and just yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And it was just a power game. One one, right? So that changes. You can't run around. You think about how many guys now in the NRL at 120 kilos plus. There's not very many who do big minutes. There's still some big units, don't get me wrong, floating around, but they're not playing... Seventy minutes, Effectively. Effectively, yeah, Yeah, that's right. I mean, and so we have to prep them for that. So whether it's what we probably consider traditional fitness training or aerobic fitness versus that repeated, we call it repeated sprintability or that repeated bout effect to be able to -to back-to-back do high-intensity efforts. And you train by replicating that on the training field. So, you know, back-to-back efforts and good old Malcolm's and all these sort of things that we do looking at high-intensity intervals time-wise. Because we know, right, you know a set of six goes for a certain period of time right when you're defending a set of six in rugby league you know that you've got 60 seconds or 70 seconds of back-to-back high intensity efforts you get the ball you get a little bit of downtime and so that's you know that's why teams that's why ball retention is so important not for this to be a rugby league lesson but you know if you turn over the ball and don't complete your sets and you keep giving the ball back to teams and you defend all night yeah, it's a long night for long. you know and you run out of gas really quick and then if you do get the ball you so you're cooked you can't yeah. you know you can't get out of your own way that's how we train you know you have to train to replicate that and in the gym you know, you've got to you've got to be able to put shots on. You've got to be able to take a shot, and we see them all the time, mate. You know, the classic thing looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. You know, we see that a lot with yeah. guys who have unbelievable physiques but can't get the job done. You know, because they usually get hurt. And one of the things I have found is, you know, guys that run around who do who are ripped to shreds and are look you know look like they've just come off the cover of a magazine. They don't take the bumps necessarily as well as. Marco Milly yeah. or someone like that who may not have the perfect physique but can take can take the punishment, you know. So it's a bit of a fine art. To you know, balance that out. The thing is, though, and the thing I have to always say to boys is, we're not we're not bodybuilders, we're not crossfitters, we're not anything in between. We've had a podcast on this about keeping the main thing the main thing, and our main thing. If it's right. rugby league, it's rugby league. If it's CrossFit, then it's CrossFit. If yeah. it's AFL, then it's AFL. We might do little things here and there. We might go and do a CrossFit session. We might go and do something on the beach, or we yeah, you got to mix it up. Yeah. You got to have variety, or everyone goes stir crazy. But bring it back to how does this how does this make us better? Because if it's not making us any better. You know, what are we doing it for? You know, yeah. Simple as that. And so they're the questions that we, we sort of ask, and the professionalism around that, and science has come into it a lot. And Drinking science has played like a massive role now to how it's changed I think, training. Uh, like I think it's informed us a lot, mate, yeah, yeah. Uh, around just how what we know. So the early days the recovery, of yeah, it, the recovery yeah. side of it, mate, yeah. ma- ma- mainly that where we, we can quantify that. And I don't know if you remember, we used to do all the spit tests and stuff at yeah. the Titans. And so my PhD was with rugby league players, and, and we looked at salivary measures, and we would give finger prick blood samples, muscle damage markers and that sort of stuff. So we now know a lot about what the consequences are of a game, so what the physical toll is, and so I published some work years ago now. But one of the things that was most telling was that if you look at muscle damage markers in rugby league, and if you look <laughs> at a, a measure called, so creatine kinase is a is an indirect marker of muscle damage. So it takes five full days after a game of NRL to come back to normal.
0: Is that right? Five yeah, days.
1: Five full days. When you're thinking about travel turnaround times, if you get a short Friday night game, you get a Origin. Origin. <laughs> you go. You go. You play Sunday night. You got to play again a Sunday away. You got to play Friday night you are bashed up don't put your money on the team that
0: played Sunday
1: yeah and this is what I used to always say (laughs) well there's there's some some teams well here's one for you there's some teams that play every Friday night yeah I've seen that you've seen that right there's an interesting trend there so they go week to week seven days in between games nice and recovered happy days right there are other teams that maybe aren't as high on the ladder who get the scraps who end up you know playing in Canberra or not there's anything wrong playing in Canberra lovely city Canberra love it Um, Uh, gets a bit chilly, but it's a good town. It does get cold. It's down, a good town. You know, you play there on a Sunday, you've got to get out of there, you've got to play again on the Friday night. If you look at ladder position and turnaround time... Have you studied this? Just time? have a look.
0: Yeah, I've spent a lot of time on it. I'm not getting... There are text? some trends. I'm not getting the text messages every Friday, saying. No, night. I'm not doing it anymore, but when I was working... <laughs> we at the footy tips or something? Yeah, th- well, think, oh?
1: <laughs> this is it. So you can put it this way, with a high level of predictability, you can anticipate... Who's going to be better than who is not going to be very good because really?
0: physically, Dan Conn's eyes are going everywhere at the moment. as he? Yeah, well, ponders yeah that's right. <laughs> physically, there's a toll, but the science has had a huge
1: amount to do with it, and you know, and things like GPS came in and accelerometers and stuff like that. So, but is that good
0: for football? <clears throat> is that good for sport?
1: I think it is. It is. Yeah, I think from a career longevity perspective, I think one of the things we know, and one of the things that there's often some apprehension that there's too much science, yeah. Like, and you know, let's can just, there
0: really be too much science?
1: Yeah, science yeah. can get in the way. Yep. It's called analysis by paralysis I mean paralysis by analysis yeah. right yeah, yeah, yeah. if you get too much data and you don't use it you're wasting your time yeah. you Confuse the, the shit out waste, of everybody yeah. it's a waste of time and that's why one of the things I look at because there's lots of options out there to monitor people there's you know we can look at spit
2: blood breath do so they serve those things mac where you can actually have impact as well how yeah. many impacts the game you have yeah 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 so we
1: yeah so that's done with accelerometers and things like yeah. that so we can
2: measure those
1: you can you can identify all that information that's meaningful that that we want to know that because then we can Measure where we can correlate how many impacts you've had at a certain level in Mm -hmm. g forces, and then what we know is we can then predict how long that's going to take to get over it. And so,
0: so is the sport supporting that type of analysis or not support?
1: It's team by team, it's not cheap, there's a cost component to that, and you'll find that at the very elite sharp end of sport, they're all over it. But I don't think they're using that
0: in the states, you do a lot in the states, oh, yeah, yeah, there's plenty of it going on, yeah. Yeah.
1: The states is a different model though, mate, just because of how not to get too deep in the reeds with it but around player representation groups and yeah. there are some questions at, at the moment the, the US are trying to figure it out uh, who owns the data is it the players data or is it the team's data yeah. or who owns that data and so that's still something that's being a little bit it's a it's a work in progress Australia we're a really long way ahead like I would say a decade okay well, yeah. really? this very first stuff that we ever did at the Titans was in 2008 before there was even rules about GPS when we were wearing it you okay know? yeah so I published the first stuff back in 2009 on GPS in the game and the NRL didn't even have a, a rule on it and so we went well there's no <laughs> rule so we're gonna do it okay. we didn't break any rules they made some rules because of us but <laughs> we didn't break any rules yeah you know? and that gave us great data around movement patterns case in the, game, K's in the yeah. game impacts and the the units themselves have evolved so the really early ones with again not to confuse anyone but they collected data at about one or two Hertz what that means is you get a data point every second or if it's it's two hertz, it's two data points every second. And you're sprinting, if you're sprinting at 32 kilometres an hour, a data point every second is not much use because I get a data point and you're standing here then my next data point, you're 10 metres away. Yeah. So it's pretty useless. Whereas now we're at, most of those are collecting at about twenty-five hertz, much more accurate. The accelerometers that give us the g forces, when we were doing early days, they were at about sixteen hertz. They're at hundred hertz now. Wow! So they're an accurate device. Yeah, it's good data. Yeah, yeah, it's good data. Yeah, and the ones they wear in the NFL in the helmets are at a couple of hundred hertz, yeah. very accurate data around. the quantify the collision. So is that a, So you might look at a hit. On TV, and you go, man, that's a massive hit. But the actual measure we get may not be that high. Yeah. Whereas a guy might come into contact contact with the ground. The ground doesn't have a lot of give in it, and so. You know, this is where we're seeing, you know, with guys hit their head on the ground and yeah, things no, like that. One punch. It's a big, yeah, yeah it's
2: stuff. a big, yeah. big, big problem, you know. But we can measure that, which is cool.
0: So, Dan, talking about fitness, the future of fitness, how's technology changing the way we work
2: out? Working with Samsung, all the garments, I guess, has, has been a big thing, especially with your sleep patterns. Just for the general public, that is not mm. getting right into the sports science side of things. But, you know, getting the uh, the, the steps is actually encouraging just the masses to get off off their butt and actually have if something a goal, a goal to work to. Yeah. And then we're seeing this more and more in companies because as we see big companies they want to save uh they want to save money on retention. You know, they wanna stop trying to employ everybody and they wanna keep people in their in their businesses. So they're trying to make a safer, happier, healthier, fitter workplace, yeah. so to speak. They're using the garments a lot and all that sort of technology inside their workplace. And they're tracking, you know, you can track your food, your calories and all that sort of stuff. And with the garments, you can also track, I mean, there's the Samsung garment. If you jump in the pool and you do a stroke, it picks up what actual stroke you're doing. Like all these little things like this, and they're just getting more and more advanced in that sense. So it's a long way from the actual, like the sporting side of things, but for the general masses, it's it's a great way to, to, to keep yeah. So there's a heap of that. money
0: in sport, but there's a lot more money in mainstream oh, fitness. Yeah. Can you see the mainstream fitness technology? technology outrunning sport in the
1: future oh mate I think it needs to I think they need to sort of coexist and and if you look at what we're doing I had this conversation with with someone recently but we you know if you look at what is being done let's say the last decade in pro sport and the evolution of smart garments and you know your Fitbits and all this sort of thing a lot of that technology is born in performance in high performance and so we can look at that and go well whether it's the Samsung garments whatever it might be and we can can, uh, track sleep for example sleep's huge Right. Sleep's massive. huge for recovery, huge for well-being, you know, weight loss, all sorts of things. You know, sleep's a really important component of life. And there's lots of gadgets and gizmos that are out there that enable us to track our sleep. Some are more accurate than others, but I think in many respects it's just that people are committed to trying to track it. You know, the Fitbits, for example, yeah, you know, they have copped a bit of heat here and there just with their accuracy, but I you sort of look at the game if there's an inherent error there, it's a consistent error. So yeah, the data exactly. you get is still gold. Yeah, exactly. So let's yeah. not, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater. And so I think there's really. What's wrong? don't you know, one. Oh. It's an old one, mate. That's Come good. on.
0: You don't get big. You never get big pick and
1: cherries. Don't so oh.
0: throw the baby out of the bathwater. Sorry, I didn't even throw you off there, mate. Mate, you can't
1: fire a cannon from a canoe either. But anyway... Um,
0: Continuity but, of data, and even yeah. though it was off, it still is good data. Yeah, but and, and just the, the transfer
1: across into the mainstream, you know. The, people, I think people like gadgets, yep. and everyone's on their phone now, so there's an app for everything, and you can track your steps, you can track all sorts of things. And the garments, I think, there's still a cost factor with those. They're still pretty expensive. There's some out there. Some of the shirts that we can wear, you know, they're expensive. Mm-hmm. And so so that makes it a bit of a limiting factor for the for the general. Masses. So it's so,
2: that so the ECG shirts.
1: Yeah. So there's shirts that do respiration rate. They'll do heart rate. They'll do what's called heart rate variability, which yeah. is a which is a measure between. It's called an R wave interval. So it's with your heart rate, and for anyone who's interested in you know sort of
2: is this is like military cardiovascular. Sort of yeah, a lot yeah. of it
1: came out of the military. Yeah. But we have a thing called a QRS complex. So you know when your heart when you listen to your heartbeat, it goes lub dub, lub dub. Yeah. You ever heard that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's how it is when you listen to it. you it I just need to hear it. Love oh, dub lo- Love, Love dub okay, yeah, that's no, I can mean it. Mac is really. <laughs> that's it. It's going. You can hear it from <laughs> here. We can measure the interval between R waves, which is... Depolarization of your heart basically right one of the things we know when people are let's say they're stressed or their fitness level isn't particularly high their heart rate might be high 90 beats per minute type deal the variability of their heart rate is low right you want a high level of heart rate variability we can track that and there's little sensors we can put in our finger and there's a whole lot of things that can be done so there's shirts that do that as well yeah I've heard um, about these. so heart rate variability sweat rate which is important um, respiration rate there are shirts that do ECG and a lot of it is born out of military re- uh, research we adopt that into high performance and then it makes its way into the major it, it
2: is a trickle-down effect that takes a can while. they test for example if you're military and you're under a stressful situation can they actually test there and then it, your heart rate and in real ha- time what you can handle in real 100%. time? 100 yeah because I, I got a really good friend and he's ex-sas and he's really really high up he's got five brothers in sas talking about this technology you can wear out in the battlefield and also picks up where you are. So if you're somewhere in the battlefield, no one can find you, they have got a sensor that can track you. It can see how much stress you're under if you've been injured. Yeah. And I was sitting there thinking, well, yeah. So the very first, military.
1: So it's a company called Zephyr who were yeah, the first right. to do that. So Zephyr are a vest and the vest has a number, it's like GPS and a number of other trackables. It's literally a vest that you wear underneath your other uniform yeah. for military, for deployment. And so what you can have is remotely you can have a, another member of the team in a, in a vehicle or at headquarters, and they can be kilometres away, yeah. and they can track that in real time. Yeah. So that really Zephyr technology is where a lot of the GPS technology came for our performance stuff. And that's why you'll see at professional games like AFL, Rugby League, and that sort of thing, you'll see people on the sideline with a laptop, and you can get that in real time. And so that's that's how it all evolves it's pretty cool so with those vests it's stress markers so it's heart rate it's yeah. sweat rate, it's heart rate variability it's all of those measures that enable us to go okay he's under the pump and so in the AFL we can use that to determine interchange rates yeah Could you go get him, get, get him out of there he's cooked yeah you know and so it's the same in a military setting law enforcement all of those types of wow. scenarios where you can go look this is a really high stress situation and literally you know when they're when they got contact with other people or whatever, you know, whether they're shooting at people or whatever it might be, I've got the terminology right, but when they've got contact, then you can identify how people respond. That gives you a lot of information. And then the other side of that is the subjective side. So it's the, the psychology of that and the, okay, we can measure all of these physiological parameters pretty easily now very accurately and, you know, very precisely. And then there's another conversation around individual interpretation of that. So some people will have those really high heart rates and everything, but on the outside versus someone who perhaps doesn't tolerate it so well, you know, drops their bundle. And so that's where, I'm not a military expert, but in terms of if you're going to make decisions about who you go into battle with, you want to know yeah, exactly. how they're going to, you know, tolerate these high-stress set uh, stress situations. And it's all
2: measurable. So is there a correlation with all that sort of stuff, with mental resilience and then what what we well, physical stuff? Yeah, yeah
1: I, I, I actually think it's trainable. I, I think that you can certainly improve resilience. But you think about it. I, I think about, like, if I put into a sporting sort of scenario. I look at individuals who are just tough. Yeah, some blokes, they don't look look like an accountant, you know, they don't have a particularly... Nate Miles. Nate Miles. (laughs) Take Nate Miles, for example. He's probably not listening to this, but that's Uh, alright, so we're bagging him. But you look at a guy who, he's got a dog's body, (laughs) a massive forehead, champion bloke. (laughs) but, (laughs) but But he actually wears a helmet, you know, full time. God bless him. I think it's trainable, but I don't think there's a direct correlation. I think that some individuals would just eat that up. The, yeah. the, the the mental toughness and the mental resilience is you just keep bringing it at me and it's, I'm going to be all right. Versus the individual who drops their bundle psychologically, perhaps yeah. under extreme physical. It could be environmental sort
2: of scenario physical scenario and they're like they just tap out get me out of here a question that probably might not be science related, but do you reckon people are born with a level of mental toughness yes. or do you reckon they develop yeah the old nature versus nurture I yeah. reckon and again just my own personal
1: yeah, opinion yeah. I, I think it's mu- a, a lot more how you're born yeah. I, I think it's a lot what more what you in, go through yeah and yeah. what you go through is a, a sort of send you one way or another I totally agree with I, that. I think some people again you look at different people that have come into your life or people you played with or you know different scenarios and yes. you this guy I don't know what it is, but unbreakable versus some people aren't. You're going to see um, in their eyes. That, you can just tell. Yeah. Well, that's why I like you know footy. That's why I've spent a whole career yeah. in, in football codes with, with men who belt each other, like you know combat collision type sports, because you can't hide. There's nowhere to hide. Yeah, you know, find out a lot about people when they're under
0: the pump. So just playing on that data aspect where we're at, and obviously the Army's doing a lot you said, and mm. sports doing a lot, teddy into fitness. Oh. So obviously we need to look at concepts. I really want to talk about the future of fitness, if we can, and obviously we going to have like robo trainer in the future if we get all this technology a 3D can, 3D platform. if we can recreate technology we can recreate a, concepts and these watches will be our personal trainers
2: and we'll know. have a hologram of Yeah, we'll
0: become down to you know like the DC Mac app and which one do I like best and that type yeah. of thing what type of things do you think you know 10 years time and obviously you may have come across some of this information in your chats and you can't say certain things DC but Mac from a point of view science point of view what type of things are going to dictate what I do on a day based on what I'm wearing or what I'm holding or, you, know, yeah. you guys are doing some serious data in sport and the mm. army. To, I mean, that everything gets commercialised at some period. Yeah, yeah. If you're a trainer, you've got to wonder in the future, like
2: I mean, I guess uh from what I've seen happening with certain companies, is trying to develop ways to one-on-one coach people live. There's a few apps coming out now. One's about to go to market, which is pretty exciting. It's been picked up by uh, the Australian Athletics Committee, the actual okay. entire yeah, Olympic yeah. committee. And you can actually coach one-on-one live, give the people live exercise exercise examples on the screen. Screen, and you can coach them one-on-one live up to six people or you can up to a thousand people therefore you bring in social media they're wearing you're...
0: a headphone of some kind
2: no they're live on your phone apparatus or computer whatever mm-hmm. it is set it up in the gym home wherever it is and then you think well if you can do that for training you could probably do that for a social media 2,000 10,000 100,000 people session mm-hmm. then you can do it for an are you okay charity session so there's all these little bits and pieces coming out in technology now where you can coach in a more personal Personalized way. I think that was really interesting because you could there's a, a lot of money to be made in that if you get that right. A lot of people have tried to do it. It's, it's not like Facebook Live or anything like that. There's so many different elements to this of what I've seen. And that's that's going to come out too. And I think that's going to come out really big in the sporting industry. Because, say, for example, Mac has got 20 guys to coach individually. These guys are all different, obviously. They've got different attributes and skills and whatever. He can set them a program and go back through and in fast time look through, and make sure they've done their program. So say if you're teaching an RTO course and Mac has got, you know, he teaches courses, he can actually go back through and make sure they've done their prac and done all this sort of live sort of stuff. So it's, uh, in that regards, it's, it's it's changing in that form.
0: And how much do you think AI will, artificial intelligence mm. will play a, play a role in Because obviously, if we're tracking sleep and we're tracking, what do you say, respiratory type, everything, issues, yeah, yeah. we're tracking um, sweat, we're tracking, so you get out in the morning, watch goes, well, not a good night, let's not train this morning, let's train at your optimal time is one o'clock. Like, there's actually type of shit going to happen soon, or is that where it's? Oh, here? we're there okay. with we're that. There? Yeah, yeah. that's
1: already there. Yeah. I think AI is huge, man. I think and and that will continue to evolve. And the hologram thing is not not a quantum leap, yep. you no. know, away from where we are. I think that all of what DC said is is absolutely really close. In fact, really close. But also, we talk about closing the loop, right? So, supplement company, nutrition, training, lifestyle, well being. All of these things. Whoever can get in front of, and I know it's very yeah, topical at the yeah, moment. you look at
0: what Amazon are doing yeah. with the way they're reordering. You look at what Facebook are doing with your phone understands where you are. And tells uh, you, absolutely. You're right. ten minutes to your destination. You go, I didn't fucking tell you where I was going. I'm yeah. you know i'm going yeah. It's yeah. kind of scary. But Yeah, you start yeah. putting all that together.
1: Yeah, and that's where I think there's. If we look at wearables, so okay, I've got I've got a wearable technology that that gives the device or well, cloud or whatever it is certain information about my physiology. Then that can then be automated to influence a whole range of things what i order that goes into my fridge you know versus you know so the nutrition component supplement component. so personalized nutrition personalized supplementation the greg young version of supplement a versus chris mack versus dc there might be a slight variation of five percent in some of the ingredients i mean that's you know as well as i do well you're already there with that you know and then into training and then so okay in terms of there are certainly things at the moment like the heart, heart rate variability is a big one that identifies okay your heart rate variability is high or low and so you may maybe should do less or more today or this, that, and the other thing. The catch with that from a training perspective is as a trainer, I may or may not want the client to see that. You know what I mean? So, cause there are times when it's okay to be tired. It's okay to be fatigued. And we talk about plateaus and we talk about, you know, yeah. you know, keeping people progressively overload and getting results. And I say this to a lot of boys because we've had, a, you always get a few blokes in squads who are oh, macro. I'm tired. You know, yeah. I need a day off mate. we're not going to do that. Are we, you know, have got, fitness today you know not mentioning any people mark minicello but anyway <laughs> i love he's him UK? he's a good mate of mine yeah 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 yeah, yeah he's a good lad minnie does minnie loves his training but he also hates his training but anyway you know there's certain information at certain times when you want people it's and i'll say it's okay to be tired we're not playing on sunday you know you're gonna get three days off mate you've got four big days and then you got three days off whatever it might be and so that's part of individualized training right? You can't feel a million bucks every day of your life. It's not realistic to expect to bounce out of bed every day, right? So I think this is part of an ongoing education that comes in with the de- technology that says, okay, yep, this is your current status today, but this is why. And that's okay because we're going to do this today that's going to make you feel better and you're going to be productive in the whole nine yards. And so that goes into corporate health, that goes into reduced sick days in the workplace and productivity and all that stuff that comes into you know the corporate sector that is huge. Yeah. You know, we talk about all of these elements that you know, feed into whatever the database is. That, that then is able to push that out to the individual and then make it meaningful and that's the thing i say to students all the time like if i was doing a presentation here on the sort of data streams that we get on professional athletes now it's a lot like we'll get 30 to 40 data streams per day per player now that's a lot of information and you go far out you know how do i manage that and that's where it's really important to identify what's meaningful for D- daniel con it might not be manual uh, meaningful for greg young yeah. or me or whoever right so you, that's where the individualization comes into <coughs> it and that's where the garments are going and the apps and you're able to because people also want to be part of something group fitness there's a reason that a lot of the group fitness things have been very successful people want to train in groups i hate training in a group but some people love it we talked about this some people you know your garage thing that's that's you got your little it's a tribe yeah we talk about tribes all the time right people want to be part it's of a not tribe a cult yeah. it's a tribe yeah, yeah no it's not that. a cult yeah, it's <laughs> a tribe so all of this can lend into you know let's say you're training at the local gym and you want to do a workout of some sort you don't want a PT necessarily, but you may be looking for someone else in the gym right there, right then, at that time, who's interested in doing the same workout. I mean, we're already here with this, and you can yeah. you can locate someone, and they go, "You want to do a sprint session or some cross training or whatever it is?" And yeah, yeah, let's do it. You know, and so yeah. that's a really cool component of
2: you know where we're heading with this thing. I was speaking to a group with Garmin and Apple who own all the data. Do you know who owns all the data from the Apple watches? Apple yeah right yeah so they can release that and create their own apps to their consumers based on that data so it's amazing when that what they can do with that data and, and yeah. how they can justify that to suit and people? But yeah, I found that really interesting because Garmin—they give all their information away to all their clients and whoever needs it, and the whole world gets to see the analytics on know. it. Apple withhold that and build apps based around the data, so which was really interesting. I thought, well, pretty spooky because yeah. they could build—they could say this is what the data was, but we don't know that but here's an app that's going to make you better.
0: The Connected Club is where it's all heading? Like you talked about group training being... Really oh, yeah, now. I think that's already happening, mate. Yeah. I think
1: the Connected Clubs are... I mean, I'm not involved in any clubs as such, but you know, DC's got a few more links within the mainstream commercial fitness industry than I do. But as far as I'm aware, that's that's happening.
2: I can tell you from your hand on heart, the variety is, is the biggest thing. I mean, being involved with F45, Orange Theory, Anytime Fitness, whatever it is there, even Anytime Fitness, who is a... 24 hour gym, they're trying to bring in that group training aspect. They're all trying to do that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because people, as much as they want a group train, they want variety. Yeah. So that's why when Class Pass came in, it was such a success because people would go boxing one day, yoga the next, do something else different. So all this variety. So the one stop shop thing, I think, is going to be something of the future where mm-hmm. you can go there and you can, Macca can jump on the bench press and Greg you can go underground Every and day. do his dungeon and I can go jump on the boxing bag mm-hmm. and backing so Just come
0: out the wrong end of that one, didn't it? <laughs> I can go down the dungeon. Down the dungeon. <laughs> nah, there's nothing wrong with that. no nah, nah, guys who lift heavy went down the dungeon. Cause you like done,
1: lifting mate. heavy, don't you? I do like to train heavy, Greg. How heavy are we talking about, huh? mate? I still roll. I still throw around a fair bit of freight
2: bit for of freight.
1: an old guy. You know, I, I still lift pretty heavy. What What are you deadlifting at the moment, Oh uh, well, we I don't go over. I don't for reps. I don't go any heavier than about four or five plates aside. I'll stick with four plates a side because I not my. I'll blow out my lower back.
2: I know. It's just I'd do that Miss Circuit training. Yeah, I know <laughs> you do. <laughs> do that.
1: But, but so, so yeah, you know, me. I like to train heavy. I, I still I, but I train like a bodybuilder. Yeah. I don't I don't train like a powerlifter. I train like a bodybuilder. So I I do body parts. I like doing it that way. And
0: you're a smart guy. Yeah. Why do you train like that? Why do you like
1: that? Maybe I'm a closet bodybuilder. I like to uh no no, I'm all about hypertrophy. My like high perch. My thing is you know muscle mass development. yeah, you know, I'm doing a lot more in the physique science world these days yeah. uh, you know comps and comp prep and things like that as well. And when it comes to training for me and we talk about variety, I, I could I don't really need a lot of variety. I'm I'm someone who I could eat the same thing every day, every meal doesn't matter. I'm a pretty simple cat, you know, in that regard.
0: So how is Bruce? We my, yeah, he's good. He's, <laughs> he's killing too. it.
1: He's way more popular than me. Get but him on at. He's at my Doctor Mac. <laughs> the Doctor Mac. Yeah, Brucey. He's a very cool cat. Yeah.
2: Anyway. It, when you, when you do physique, like, what is it that interests you with physique?
1: I like, I like specificity of training, right? What I kind of don't myself personally, I don't necessarily. Is that like, the research background? No, nah, I just don't. I I think okay, what are you training? Are you training to, do you just want to work out? you just want to sweat? Or do you want to lose fat? Or do you want to gain muscle mass? What, what do you really want to do? So if you just want to sweat, right? If you just want to have, you feel like you've had a great workout, got your heart rate up, whatever, right? And a lot of people want yeah. that. Then you might go and do one of the group classes, group or, something. classes yeah. or something, you know? And that's great. And that's a lot of people like doing that. For me, exercise is like yoga, right? It's my not meditation time. Of this. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm not a fan <laughs> of yoga. You yeah, know? I know that. I was wondering but, where that was going. And the yogis of the world full respect but I have my own perspective on right yoga but anyway you uh, actually
0: did some yoga research with an elite team didn't you I did cut to the chase <laughs> basically yoga, like-
1: some claims were made about how effective yoga would be on performance and I was happy to run with that and collected a whole lot of data. We did a whole lot of yoga and we got better at yoga. Fantastic. That's all we got. Yeah. Nothing else. We didn't get better at anything else. So that's fine. Yeah. If, you know, if you want to get better at yoga, do yoga. If you want yeah. to play rugby league, go and play rugby league. Yeah. Yeah. Keep the main thing the main thing. So I'm uh, I'm all about, I'll put my headphones in, go to my happy place and train.
0: Their music playing through those at the time they're on. Sometimes <laughs> it's no. just a game. Folks. People leave me alone. You know, <laughs> headphones. I don't. Game you know, I, I
1: don't. I'm not the most approachable-looking guy, <laughs> although I'm very approachable. I'm specificity. So, like, if you want to put on muscle mass, you train a certain way. So, if you want to get get a lot of hypertrophy and put on a lot of muscle mass, don't go and do group fitness. Why? Because you will not necessarily hit whatever the targets are that you need to hit to develop muscle mass. And we've talked. We did a whole show on that. Same with body fat, right? If you want to lose fat, then you need to achieve certain things in terms of caloric expenditure and heart rate and all that sort of stuff now if you're in a group fitness session that is the uh, fitness session that is self-paced and i'm not and i'm pro group fitness don't get me wrong but for specificity of fat loss maybe it's not perfect the more effective ways of losing fat are the high <clears throat> excuse me the high intensity interval work but again what i find with people is that a lot of people don't really know how to train mm. you know when i say to someone okay we're going to do treadmill sprints or something right or yeah, sled yeah. pushes flat out or whatever they don't necessarily know how to take themselves to the end of the road and so they might only end up at 90% but they geez that was hard I'll, you know I tried really hard and I'm like yeah but you've got petrol left in the tank you know when I say 100% I mean you fall off the bike at the end of it you know yeah. like and for the really effective fat loss with high intensity intervals you've got to be at 100% if you're at 80% it's three quarter pace, and you're not going to get there. So you're better off just turning your legs over at a you know seventy percent of heart rate max, and just eat up the calories. You yeah. know, so I think it's a balanced thing. And so again, I, I would say to people, what do you want to do? You know, general health, happy days. You know, go and do exactly that: a boxing session, a yoga session, a group fitness session, a weight session, whatever it might be. Lots of variety. You will feel great. You'll get good workouts. You probably won't necessarily lose a lot of fat. You probably won't put it on on. You know, you might not get massive changes in your physique versus if we target a certain type of training to you know, zone in on fat loss, and we'll rip some fat off you. But that, you know, it, there's a nutrition component
2: to that, and yeah. then we, you know, there's another whole conversation and around. It comes back to also your, your your goal setting and what what 100%. what you do to make yourself happier. Mm-hmm. Is it physique training? Is it yep. group training because you're yep. training mates? Yeah. So it comes back to again the the simple version of yep. what makes you happy and how you're going to do it. Yeah, because yeah. I mean,
1: there's a big difference between competitive athletes and versus people who are. Uh, doing good things, exercising for their general health. If you're you're into physique science and you're a physique competitor, well, you're all about you've got to grow on muscle and lose fat. That's different to exactly what you just said. I, I want to train with my friends. I want to have... And I think it's a good thing, have a social component to it, you know, get out, get about, you know, get outside, do some different workouts, like lots, you don't have to be in a gym every day of your life, you know, so you can mix it up really nicely, particularly in, you know, in this part of the world, the weather's great, you know, lots of good places to train, go down to Crumb and smash the stairs, go to
2: the beach, whatever, you know, there's lots of positivity there around that. I love that, the fact that you've got the masses who we can, you know, set goals for in the wellness space. Yep. And then you've got the elite where yeah. you can talk to in that language. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. And they're they're very different in terms of what their goals are. And I say to people, like the big thing with training is I, I say, well, what do you want to do? Well, what, do you, what don't you what do you want to do? And they'll go, man, I do not want to run on a treadmill. And yeah. I go, well, we're never going to run on a treadmill then. You know, we're going to do something else, you know. Like because if you
2: say to people. If, what do you want to do? Yeah, because yeah, if
1: people, if people, if you just go, no, nah, sorry, the only thing you're going to be able to do is treadmill. They're not going to do that. you know it's boring right you know you can you just mix it up spin sessions you know you do your different type of group fitness and there's a few of those about now yeah that's good stuff i think as long as they're doing something you're in good shape but again the, the the different group sort of in the in the physique competitive world the bodybuilders and the you know, the bikini competitors and that sort of thing. They're all about the the physical component
0: of yeah, fat can, loss and muscle mass. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And yeah. you judged on it. So that you know
0: Yeah, exactly. You're not gonna get there if you haven't put it in. Well that's
2: right. Heard you said the hammies are the new glutes. Mate, yeah, I've, been, man. I've been working on my hammies. Yeah. Flat out.
1: Hammies uh, are <laughs> so in the in the in the competitive world of girls and bikini, yeah. I yeah. mean we've the Olympia was on only Just recently. No, no, no. Miles too? Males too. Okay, thank Although you. Although there's certain exercises that I would not like to see you doing. Is the Nordic? I don't want to see you doing hip thrusts oh, mate, for your glutes. I've done a few. I know. I imagine you might have. <laughs> we'll have a counselling session after this. We'll talk about that. Greg, you're not thrusting, are you? No. No. I'll give you 10 other things to do for your hammocks so I don't have to see your thrust.
2: I've listened to to a podcast about the Nordics and different ways you can move the Hemis. Yeah, the glutes and the delts are important, but it's a balanced thing.
0: So moving forward, guys, we have to finish this. We're nearly an hour. Where's this all going? Right, Michael, what are your thoughts?
1: Mainstream, I think, is going to be, continue to be influenced by per, uh, the performance sector. So a lot of the technologies that are born out of the high performance are making their way. So we're already there. So we've already, I mean, we've covered a lot of territory in the last hour. But I think it will continue to evolve. And And as we've said several times now, different ways to engage people to improve their health, their general health and well-being, physically, mentally, all that sort of thing. I think they're all very, very positives. And finding, I think the, the thing that will become available more and more is access for people. I think that yeah. there'll be less, because some people find gyms really intimidating, right? Yeah. And so not everyone wants to walk into the local gym because they're not confident. And so if you can team up with some other people, Who are maybe pretty new to the environment, and you can go into a foreign environment and do a workout, with make friends, and do all that sort of cool stuff. And I think that will improve compliance and and uptake, and the knock-on effect will be better outcomes for the health and fitness sector, but also for the health sector to remove you know chronic disease and all the stuff that you know continues to evolve, metabolic disease and obesity, and you know we got we got plenty of issues in the health sector. So, and if we can engage with some smart wearables, whatever it might be, and people love a gadget, right? So there's never to be a debt that there'll be more and more gadgets I think it's access I think there'll be increased access for everybody as we
0: move forward and Dan the good thing out of this and according to Life Times research 75% of customers who engage trainers do it because they love the relationship with the human
2: that is actually another factor really good one to finish on you and this probably goes back to me and Mac right from the very start when we started this conversation you stick to people that you sort of gel with and that you want to work with and I know for a fact that all the people doesn't matter if it's a crappy gym on the side of the street if there's a good Trainer, I'll come back mm. because they feel comfortable. So it's again making it accessible for all the masses out there. got gadgets are great. Technology is going to trickle down from the high elite coming to, into the masses. But there's a really big thing now coming through on training trainers, not just to be trainers, but to be personalities and being able to read people's behaviors because yeah. that's a really important thing. Yeah. That's another whole podcast, that, I think, around the that, education. I think that's a really important podcast um, we should do. Yeah, because
1: turnover of trainers is enormous. It's massive. Um, and and that comes down to how they're trained and their suitability for the sector and it's all about interpersonal skills and, and developing that rapport with people and being able to communicate and, and finding that niche with an individual. So what makes them
2: tick? Why are they
1: here? What do they want to achieve? And then...
2: You could find a you could find a trainer that doesn't have a personality or yep. you could find a great personality and make them a great trainer. Yeah,
0: it's good. probably a good note to drop off on. Cool. Big one, boys. Thanks for coming in. I really appreciate awesome. it. We've been talking about about you two coming in and having a chat i'm glad we touched a bit of football 18 in the stuff. house Team. look forward to nate making his comments oh <laughs> i'm gonna send
2: that to him. <laughs> oh, okay
0: that. that's it from body science hq the place of fit happy and healthy catch you next week today's podcast was brought to you by our partners in fit happy and healthy asn nutrition warehouse dy discount vitamins fat burners only evelyn faye mr supplement or find a retailer online at bodyscience.com.au forward slash retailers